I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Oh, a fine goal by John Barnes. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. My name is Matt Messiano. Joining me as always is Jordan Weimer. Tom Bedell is still off sick, so it's just going to be us two. But um, I mean, we're the best two anyway, aren't we, Jordan? Right? I'd say we're pretty much the uh, the best out of the bunch. Yeah. I, Tom's off sick. I thought he was having a wedding. Well, yeah. I mean, he is. I I, I didn't want to disclose that information, but oh, I mean, oh. fair enough. If you he's having bleep, a wedding, you can bleep that out. You can bleep that out. <laughs> I mean, he probably doesn't mind. To be honest, it's a happy event, isn't it? Really. Yeah, I mean, let's hope that he wouldn't rather people think he's he's deathly sick or anything. But that's a good um... point, actually. Perhaps I should have come up for a better, <laughs> uh, better version for him. Um... Tom is uh, Tom is the the Reese Healy of the podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, as soon as he gets his chance, he's going to start banging yeah. him, isn't he? Unknown missing. But until then, on the bench, on the bench. Tom. Um, right. Well, I suppose we can, we can start off with. Um, the the lineup then for Coventry um, a few changes um, how did you see that one Jordan yeah I think you know there's there's questions beforehand uh, in regards to a couple of the uh, you know, options available to us um, a few players coming back from injury and obviously the new boy in there as well I think Tom Ince was one that we we discussed during the week mm. you know one of those guys that might come in there and offer you something Aspria didn't really whilst he's looked really lively when he's come off the bench I thought starting the week before he didn't look quite on it. Uh, and, and Tom Ince did look good and he came on. So I think Tom Ince was, was one we discussed and I put a little poll out prior to the game and, and a lot of people felt the same. It, it seemed like, you know, he, he kind of earned his start and yeah, he, he did. He got straight in there. Um, and then of course, uh, Rahovic up front was another big call. I kind of had a gut feeling that we'd, we'd stick with Bio for one more, but you know, he, he made the call and it, it did pay off, didn't it? I, I agreed actually. I, I, I thought Bio would, uh, would continue, but um yeah, it certainly did pay off, didn't it? Two goals in his uh, debut start. Not not bad at mm-hmm. all. 
And of course, yes, and Seriata back in there too after absence as well. Can't yes, and I think so. that was very important as well. Mm. This is the first time we've seen Serialta back since was it the second game. Second game, yeah. I thought it was quite notable extremely early on. You know, we don't expect Serialta to be massively expansive with his, with his passing, but it, it was so much quicker. Uh, speed and tempo and kind of in that build-up has to be quick and uh, to kind of make that role really tick. And we did see that from him. So big difference to what we saw from Kembe the week before where things were a little bit laboured, few too many touches and wasn't quite happening. Uh, I thought Serialta did well. It's a different sort of test for him, but I think he he definitely brought a level of calmness and solidity as well. You know, on the turnover, there was a lot of risk against Coventry and we got caught out a couple of times, but um, he, he did make a difference. And I think right now he does just seem that best fit in there. So when he's available, it changes kind of the way we operate and we, we, we do look better for it. So you know, big to have him available and hopefully hopefully he can stay fit for the majority of the season at least. Mm. The first big action went the way of the home side, Coventry. They had themselves a penalty, uh, a debatable one, really. The ball was played into the area. It struck the arm of Porteous, but um, it didn't look very convincing. But the, the referee gave it, Jordan. Yeah, tough, tough one, really. I think it was a little harsh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just so quick. You can't really you can't really do anything about it. And, you know, I don't think we need to kind of break it down too, too much, because I think it's most people are probably pretty unanimous on, on that. And it was one of those where it's just so hard to do anything about it. And yeah, extremely unfortunate. But, you know, obviously, thankfully, Daniel Back made up for it. And uh, it was crisis averted for a little while. Yeah, it was a good save. You've seen it a couple of times. A few people have said it was a, a good height for him. Others more praising of the goalkeeper for his efforts to get it away. What was your opinion of the save? I mean, if you make a save, then I'm, I'm never going to complain. Really, you, you're the goalkeeping expert, mate. You tell me what's the what's the what's the goalkeeper's verdict on this one? Well, I mean, goalkeepers aren't really expected to save penalties, to be honest. So, as you say, there, any time you make a save, you've done a, a really terrific job. It was on target, and yeah, maybe it was at a good height, but he's not expected to save that. And um, I think he he did very well. It's something that we know that Backman's got in his locker. I mean, it wasn't long ago we were praising him for saving. Was it every single? Penalty in a, a penalty shootout. Yeah, I, I think you're right. A couple of seasons ago. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we know that he's a good penalty stopper. That's one of his best attributes to his game is his shot stopping in general. So, you know, it was very pleasing that he was able to keep that up. And um, yeah, another one that he gets to to mark down as, as, as something that he's, he's done that's uh, worthy of being proud of. Perhaps there are other elements yeah. to his game that we may discuss going forward that uh, aren't as good. But um Shot stopping certainly something that we uh we're we're very lucky to have in 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 him. Yeah, penalty save, big 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 moment of that game. Um, and you know that was crucial. I think it's it's not too deep of an analysis to say that you know saving the penalty is a big thing for the team. But you know it really would have taken the wind out of us, and we it kind of we did play better after that save, and it was a an important moment. So yeah, big for him, and you know pleased with Dan Backman too because. If that had just kind of brushed off the elbow and gone under him, you know that's a killer for his confidence too. So once he died, once he did go in the right direction, I think him saving it had to. Well, it was huge. It was huge. Yeah, and then we got the uh, the the first Rajovic goal. Um, it was a uh, nicely taken, but um, you know one that you'd expect him to score. It was very close to the goal. But are those the sort of goals that we're expecting from Rajovic this season. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, firstly, the, the build-up was really good, wasn't it? I think, you know, the way that Ince carried the ball down that right-hand side, it was mm. 
it wasn't easy. Um, he, he had to kind of beat his man and then he, he timed it really well. He didn't rush the ball into the box. He did kind of wait till the space opened up and he just clipped that ball in. And it, it was an awkward finish for Rahovic. You know, it's in, a, it's in a good position, but just in terms of his body angle and how he has to get there, he's kind of stretched for it. And, you know, it, it's it's a difficult chance to take as it you know, as it happens. It wasn't easy at all, but he, he did it really well. And, you know, it's, it was a convincing finish tripped over initially didn't he in the uh, in the build-up but he still got to his feet and was and was there yeah he did it, yeah almost like you know you see kind of Ince kind of has to stutter a little bit and slow things down for him too you know, and that's that's something I think we get with Ince um that awareness you know not just of his own you know his own body how he's kind of getting past the defender but what's around him you can see there's a, a level of experience there which you don't you, know, you maybe don't attribute so much to offensive players or, or wide men necessarily when it comes to experience, but you can really see it, um, really see it through in that in that moment, that action in particular. Uh, he he really did well there, and yeah, again, Rahovic he had a lot to do, so it wasn't an easy finish. You know, lots of players in the, in in the team wouldn't be able to kind of articulate themselves in the, or in terms of in getting that body position correct in the box and and find the shot on goal, but but Rahovic did, so yeah, really positive for him and. I think we all wanted to see that, you know, go in. If it was going to be by anyone, then then Rahovic was the man we wanted to see score. So really pleasing and and, and promising from from both of those guys. You know, first starts and uh, first assist, first goal. Mm. And then uh, what became a uh, a continuing theme of the game? Coventry equalised um, not long after. Actually, it was only about uh, seven minutes or so later. Uh, Van Erik uh, with the free kick. It was from some distance and um, Backman has taken a bit of criticism here for his inability to get to the ball. What was your uh, opinion, firstly, of the free kick, the shot itself, and, and then the goalkeeping behind it? I mean, it's a good free kick. It, it looks bad with the bounce, but I think it's it really depends how much you how much you kind of how much weight you put on onto the bounce and from a perspective of saving it. I mean. On the one hand, you could argue you've got to be able to read that, but it you know it does throw a massive curveball at you to have that. So I, I do have sympathy. It just it might be one that potentially looks worse than it actually was. Um, like it was a harder save than perhaps it, it kind of seemed. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if it, I I don't hold him too harshly in regards to this one personally. But I can also entertain. I don't want to sit on the fence too much, but I could also entertain an argument for. You know, a little bit more criticism too. Again, go on as the keeper, Matt. What, what's your what's your feeling about that one? I've faced these kinds of shots in the past, and I can tell you they're awful, absolutely awful. That bounce is such a killer because yeah. if that bounce isn't there, he actually is there making the save. He's he's got yeah. across there quick enough. People have said that's one of the problems. He that he wasn't there quick enough. He was there quick enough. The bounce is what's taking it over. And you could say, well, you have to be able to anticipate that, and and he must face those kinds of shots often enough to know how to react but i think that's probably the the error that he's made there he's not been able to uh anticipate that it's going to bounce that it's going to drop short and that there might be a uh you know a, a bounce that could take it over him so perhaps he could he shouldn't have dived as early he should have maybe got across that side of the goal and stayed up but i, I don't know i mean there was a lot of pace on the shot the the fact that it's so far out it's it's hard to it's hard to fully defend him because I think goalkeepers can save that I have seen shots like that saved but like you mentioned the bounce is you know the the main point that uh, 
that scored that goal for them. So, yeah, it's a hard one. I don't know how to say it really. It, 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 those kinds of shots do go in, but yeah. yeah. I've sat on the fence as well, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to answer. As I said, I think, you know, you, you could argue a better goalkeeper would save it. And I think that's fair, but I just think it's, it's maybe harder than it looks and uh, and one that potentially we're going to be given a little bit more criticism than what's deserved. But, you know, it's tough. I, I, it, it, was a, it, was a, it felt like a real bad one to concede, especially after, it almost felt worse on, off the back of just saving a penalty because you have that, that kind of rush of, of him keeping you in it and suddenly it feels like he's... <laughs> He's kind of thrown you back into the into deficit again, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think I've got sympathy. So it, tough one to call, I'd say. There were some comments made about the fact that there was only three people in the wall, and possibly there could have been more. But would that have made much of a difference, Jordan? I mean, he got he it's, he got to the right position. You know, you, maybe the wall extra man would have stopped it, but probably not. You know, he the, back when got to the spot, it was just a misjudgment. Once he was there, that's the thing, isn't it? So mm. yeah, tough. Okay, uh, then we uh, went in at halftime 1-1 and I think both managers at that point would probably be thinking that the game is okay. But I I, I imagine that um, Ishmael would have been feeling the, the brighter of the two because he had seen probably one of the, the the best halves that he's seen so far for, for, for Watford in, in terms of the attacking play. Uh, we definitely looked a little bit more lively. You know, we had a few different options uh, offensively and we maybe were kind of being a little bit more dynamic. Obviously, Martins was was, was playing quite well. He was taking his man on and, and being quite aggressive. Uh, you know, the first, say, 20, 25 minutes, it was, it was a lot of Coventry. You know, it was the first game we'd gone into. We haven't dominated the ball. Um, you know, first game we finished with with, with a less of possession. Um, but you know we were creating a number of chances, and we we were limiting Coventry to to relatively speculative efforts too. You know they weren't creating a, a massive amount of quality in in our box or anything. But it it was one that I felt like I felt like at half time we we could come out and be the better team. And I think Ismail probably would have been quite confident that had been the case as well. If we just needed a few adjustments, a little bit of refinement, um, and we could have come out to be the better team. But obviously it was a it turned out to be quite a chaotic second half. So. Mm. Started off though pretty well. It was a fantastic uh, individual goal from from Martins. Yeah, really good breakout from Tom Dali Bashiru in the build up as well mm. um, to kind of break that press and, and feed that ball and release Martins. And I think Tom Dali Bashiru had a really good game um, for me. He's probably one of his best games for us, if not his best. Uh, I thought he looked really robust and just versatile in midfield. And and that that goal was you know a testament to him too. He, he did have a piece to play in it. And but yeah, Martins took it on really really well. Um, defenders kept backing off and he was able to cut in the shoot and you know, that's the quality he has and we've seen him come close to that so for, so for him to finally execute and and finish you know that sort of counter-attack we've not been a massive counter-attacking team you know, as i said this is the first game we've, we've not really kind of controlled the ball as, as much and we've been given more opportunity to counter-attack perhaps and it, you know we we made them pay for it so it was promising um not just for that game but you know we should be seeing or hopefully seeing more of that from martins as the season goes on and everything at that point was going swimmingly, Jordan. And um, one would have thought that Watford might have pushed on from there. But then a calamity from, uh, well, a, a usually reliant-ish uh, Hoot, who just sort of played this ball back to Backman without looking. Backman as well, his positioning perhaps wasn't the best to be able to defend the back pass. I mean, it's, it was it was all kinds of shocking. 
Yeah, I mean, I think this is one, you know, we touched on a couple of weeks ago now. The game against Blackburn, um, the, the defeat. And you know, I think that for me, centre-back play has been a concern. I think we've got away with it quite a few times and we've really been reliant on them not making mistakes. There's not been much margin for error. The way we kind of leave them isolated and we give them a lot to do. Um, we also ask a lot of them in possession too. And, you know, it's not the easiest job. And who's someone that's been, as you say, quite consistent in terms of use of the ball? I've got a few concerns about him defending in our own box and so on, but use of the ball is kind of his strong point. Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. That was a default. Um, that was a default centre-back, you know, position to to play the ball to. Uh, but in a, in a team that's looking to build from the back and, you know, Backman's positioning has been more elevated. It's been higher. He's almost being used as that kind of deeper, like centre-back position just to be able to pick up the ball and, and kind of keep the ball moving, recycle. And, you know, Hoot's just kind of not really thought too much about that and just played it back to where he expects a goalkeeper to be and where it probably has been nine times out of his nine times out of ten during his, his career so it's unfortunate i don't think backman did too too much wrong personally um i think backman's expected to be there that's a really good point actually jordan i wasn't thinking about that but of course he has been playing higher up and that's probably where he should have been right so yeah yeah i think it's just I think Hoot's just been under pressure and just, you know, so much of this is is going through the motions to these guys. You know, how many games has Wes Hoot played as a centre-back in his career? Um, how many hundreds of games? And then suddenly, you know, you, you get under pressure and you're, you're on the ball. You, you do kind of go back into those patterns. I think he's just um, he's just misassessed the the situation and, and, and kind of not not kind of analysed it properly. And yeah, it costs you. And, you know, you can, you can always like make the argument about playing outside of the post when you're, when you're knocking at home. But it, it should have been a comfortable one if the keeper was there, obviously. But it was just, it looks ridiculous because of the, you know, the, the kind of wide lens we get to view it through. But it, it, it's a real costly one, of course. You know, it's, it's, it's painful and it, it does take the wind out of you again. Obviously, we managed to, to, to kind of come back from it. But yeah, big blow for the for the team, uh, for Hoot. And in a season where so far we've we've seen a lot of underlying positives, lots of indicators of, of you know quality performance, but just lacking some of the luck or some of the kind of final pieces. And when you kind of feel like some of those things are going against you, to have a, a known goal like that really just emphasizes it and, and kind of brings it home. So frustrating, but but more for the team and more for the player to, to overcome, I'd say. Mm, and this moment highlighted the poor performance from the defenders as a whole, but it wasn't just Hoot. Porteous had probably his worst game of the season as well. Yeah, Porteous is a is a is a frustrating one. I mean, again, he's not one. I'm not I'm not overly convinced on either at the moment. You know, Porteous has more more room to grow, more potential to grow with us. He just can be a little bit fast sometimes. Everything can be a little bit too much sometimes. You know, I think in possession he just looked loose. Uh, Decision making was was getting sloppy. Um, everything felt a little bit rushed. It just didn't look controlled. And I think when you talk about centre backs, you want to see, you want to see assurance. You want to see control, um, not just of their body, but you know the ball and, and positioning and so on. You know, we talk about the likes of Craig Cathcart and so on. He always looked composed. You know, even when he wasn't in positions to you know, up against faster players or you know playing in space in difficult areas, he always kind of had a level of poise. And I think Porteous just needs to. We just need to see a little bit more of that from his game. I know he's a. He's a combative, physical defender. He plays hard, and that's that's good. You know, there's, there's qualities to that, um, but it, it just looks a little chaotic. And part of that is because we do we do leave them on again somewhat of an island. You know, we 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 ask them to to be that last line of defence, and 
you know, a lot of the time almost playing with a back three with the goalkeeper and two centre backs, it feels like. So there's high stakes. And if you don't win that first ball, then, you know, oftentimes it can really be devastating. But, you know, some of the possession, some of the possession issues we had too, just too, too risky um, to, to, to kind of continue to, to not execute at a level required. And that was far from Portis's best. And I'd argue the same for Hoot as well. Mm. Both of whom have had good games this season. But um, when you're a player who's having a, a bad day, one of the things that a, a, a manager can do is is replace you with um, someone else who is in that position. Now, unfortunately, all he really had to turn to was Matty Pollock because Watford decided not to add in that area when they had the opportunity to, Jordan. Yeah, you know, we are we are thin there. We know that um, nothing happened in, in the window in regards to addressing that position. I think what you're looking at is, uh, is a centre-back group of Hoot, Porteous, Pollock, and then probably Livermore as the, the kind of position flex player that can go between that and, and, and midfield. I think they're kind of really your options. You know, obviously, we saw the change in the, the switch to the back three when Pollock came on. I thought Pollock did fine as well. Um you know, but it's you know we are a little bit limited there, and it's it's definitely a case of you know we're 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 going with these players, and if they're available, then it seems most likely Hoot and Portius are going to be taking the lion's share of of minutes. Uh, that that's the partnership we seem to be happy with, and I mean that Pollock's got a really good opportunity now because there are mistakes in there. If he does well in training, if he can kind of force his way into this team, then you know it's great for him. But it's uh yeah, so it's, it's a difficult situation. It's an area we we discussed in in the last podcast before the for the window closed as as one that seemed really really important. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, I guess we're not we're seeing too much of a back three as though we did see it obviously in this game. We made that change to try and match up with commentary a little bit more. Um, but uh, you know, it's something we can't really afford to play too too often just because of personnel issues. Mm. We don't often get a chance to see him, so let's talk a little bit more about Pollock and and see if we. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If we can analyze a bit more about, about his game, it was only 15 or, or so minutes that we got to see of him. But, um, you know, like you say, he could be an important player for us this season, given that He's one of only four or potentially five centre-backs, if you want to include Serralta in that. Uh, yeah, record. I was just about to say, we didn't include Serralta there. But the, I think the reason we don't, you know, you definitely can include him. And I think he's obviously a viable option in some ways. I would like to play him there, but we just don't, we also don't have the cover in midfield to, to really execute what, what we've been trying to build towards. So I think you have to view him as a, as a primarily as a midfielder in this system. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of Pollock, you know, he was... He was solid enough. He he's he he did what you kind of what he was required to do. I think you kind of know what sort of centre back he is. Again, quite combative, quite long, um, ha- you know, happy to compete in the air, tidy enough on the ball. He's, he's a young player that's developing, and I think we need to see more of him to truly kind of see how his game adapts to this level, uh, and also how it adapts to a team. Uh, like this Watford side, because it is going to ask a lot more of him in terms of using the ball. Uh, something that you know we we haven't got as big of a sample size on, and at a level which is you know the highest he's played at, it'll be interesting to see how much faith is kind of put into him to to come out there and perform. Um, you know, kind of at the at the age he is and at the level of experience he has. So. Yeah, I think we'll get to see more of him just because I can't see, at the very least, I can't see the the players we have all staying fit long enough for for him not to get a significant portion of minutes. Yeah, he was really liked at Aberdeen. Um, they they yeah. loved him there, and uh, he 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 offers you something different. I feel from from the other centre backs. Is he is he taller than than them, or am I just? I think him and Hoot must be comparable. Yeah. I think they're both about six two, six three, aren't they? Yeah, you're right. Just, um, but uh, you know, I. I don't think he's he is. I don't think he's quite as stiff as who um, who can be a bit of an ironing board in the box at times. I think maybe Pollock's got a little bit more kind of mobility, um, but you know I think it's it's again it's one that I think we have to see kind of how it develops in real time. Um, we need to see kind of how these some of these traits translate to to kind of championship football. Um, He's not got. He's not really been traditionally even at Aberdeen. He's not been like amazing in terms of possession. It's not really been the strong suit or the the main focus of his game. Obviously, it's all dependent on the the team they're in too. You know, Aberdeen aren't aren't trying to replicate what what they're trying to do in terms of possession use of the ball. So maybe he hasn't his locker. We just haven't seen it enough yet. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I'm not entirely sure if it's a kind of case of necessity or if it's a case of Ismail really rates Pollock and thinks that he should be around the first team. It's hard to tell. But again, I think we're going to get to find out um, a lot more about him this season. 
Ken Semmer continuing in that left back role. Interestingly, on the bench, no Morris or Lewis. Yeah, I mean, just unfortunate with injuries, aren't we? Really, um, you know, get, bringing Lewis in and having those that that sort of injury is is difficult. He didn't come with the injury; it's one he developed here. So, you know, it's just it, it's frustrating, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be overly long term. I think the plan is for him to be back involved with with first team training um, over the international break, and then hopefully be kind of in contention for for the next game. So, you know, we're already suffering with with some issues that in, you know, injury wise, but. Uh, Ken's at least able to to kind of subsidize that a little bit, and he he did a fine job. So, yeah, it, this is the the joys of being in a in a tough division with a with a real tough market. Yeah, and um, you know, I think we've seen enough from this season to know that he's um, you know, certainly got something to to offer Watford and and the Sweden squad have certainly seen that as well. They've uh, given him a place in their international squad, as have the England under-20 uh, squad for Andrews, who has been a real bright spot. Probably not his best game, though, on Saturday. Yeah, I thought he looked a little he looked a little fatigued almost to me. He, he looked a little bit burnt out. Um, wasn't his best game. Uh, he didn't really kind of impose himself or influence the game as much as he normally can. You know, that burst on the right-hand side that he offers can be so useful, even... Uh, even kind of in that inverted role, which we saw a little bit less of him um, in that position again, it just didn't quite materialize. He was a little bit ineffective, and I think the sub, you know, when it happened, was was kind of the right move. It seemed like he needed to kind of have that that freshness off the bench. Getting back to the game then, and uh, I think we left it at two two, was it? But uh, yeah, Watford then went ahead for the third time in the game. It was Rajovic's third goal. No, sorry, Rajovic's second goal. Um, Watford's third goal and this was uh, another sort of tap-in but um, Bayo was very instrumental in this one and um, it was very interesting to see them two play together in a, a sort of unorthodox two. Yeah I think you know the, the change at the, at the back you know, kind of allowed us to play with with more forward options and we saw Bayo come and support and uh, you know we we're saying during the game too you know that really felt like it was a, a, at a moment where we could do with that extra kind of pressure of by up front. He does offer you something there off the ball. And, you know, Coventry, they found it difficult all games to really break out from us. I thought our press was was probably the best it has been. You know, we we matched up that front three. Well, sorry, we matched up their back three with our front three. Really narrow, really tight. Made it difficult for them to play out from the back. And we, we caught them out quite, quite a lot in that game. And I think as they started to tire... Uh, a little, but as they started to force it somewhat more too, uh, Bio's presence there was was going to be a real problem for them, and it it, it proves to be quite quickly. And you know, it, it was unselfish. And I I did tweet actually after the game just a little bit, you know, kind of a bit of an appreciation post for Bio, who it's a difficult season for him. You know, he kind of joined the year before, got sent out on loan, and you mm. could feel pretty low as a player if if that happens to you. The but he came back, man. and he's yeah, exactly. And you you know, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot to take and. You know, to come back and to 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 kind of still show that level of commitment, and he he plays you know re- really kind of selfish selflessly, um, not just in terms of that little pass across to Rahovic, but just the way he works in general. He, he sounds, from all accounts, you know, a coachable guy who's who's well liked, and he he's got a, a role to play in this team, and it's good to see him um, kind of get rewarded a little bit for that. I don't think that that sort of play, that sort of pass, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. It was. It was big for him. It was big for Rahovic too to get that second and, and boost that confidence a little more um, and show that with instinct inside the box from from both players. Mm. And that looks though it would be enough to to clinch uh, the first win for Watford in four games. But uh, had you right, had other ideas, he 
went down the right hand side, set up Godden, and he was able to score a very decent goal. Actually, probably wanted to make up for the penalty miss to make it three three and curse every Watford fan uh, in the in the CBS arena. I mean, so disappointing to to lead three times and and have you been it been pegged back. But I mean, on the face of it, though, we're playing against the team that were defeated in the playoff final. I mean, probably a point away against Coventry. Uh, is, is a is a decent point when you look at it from a season objective type viewpoint. Yeah, it's just so it's just it just felt very self inflicted, didn't it? Um yeah. You know, there's a three. Portia should have done a lot more in that in that moment as well. Yeah, and this is the thing. You know, it's it's a difficult one. I think I think the, the frustration of this game again is another one we've shown a lot of promise. We've shown some some good parts. Um, we've dominated at times. We, we've we've attacked well. But we have left a lot of opportunities and individual areas have really, really cost us um, at an important time. And but to be honest, I'm, I'm OK with it in some ways, because I think it is a learning experience. I think this team, you can't always give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to learning, because not every team is in a learning position. Sometimes they have got to be winning and performing better now. I do think there is some margin for it. For Watford, I think we are you know, adapting and, and growing. I think we've been we've been quite unfortunate not to be getting more reward for for some of the performances we've had this one you know as, as much as we we deserved in in some ways to 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 get three points we also i'd say more than anything shot ourselves in the foot and we were to blame for a lot of the the errors you know obviously we discussed who and you know you can you can argue about the the free kick too but this one again you know it's another one where i think porteous you know maybe there was a hit to his face but the thing is it wasn't the first time he's doing it in the game was it? i think there's two or three occasions where mm-hmm. he was he was going down during the play, you know. He's not uncharacteristically as well. I haven't seen him do that a lot, at least no, in a, he's done it a couple of times, but not not like this. Yeah, this this one was really over the top, and you know, I'd say probably out of the ones I've uh, just trying to remember off the top of my head now, it's been a couple of days, but I, I do think it was a foul. Um, but you know, regardless, it was a foul or not. If he if he, I, I don't think it actually sent him to his to his feet uh, to the floor. You know, I think he could have. He could have continued going, and and had he been able to kind of you know keep a pace and and stay up, then you know Hoot wouldn't have had to come across. The ball wouldn't have been dragged back, and it wouldn't be put, pulling Pollock into to try and make the challenge. He was really showing him quite comfortably down the line, um, and yeah, once he went down, that that really killed it. So bad, bad goal to concede at at a time where you know you feel that we should just be able to see the goal, see the game out. You know we've we've had the the kind of gut punch of having the lead taken away from us already. You know, that's normally you'd hope be kind of a, an awakener and, and stop those things from happening. But yeah, it, it clearly clearly did not. And that would be a hard one to take. And one that, you know, I'm sure both centre-backs are leaving this game just desperate and desperate for that next one and, and you know, gutted that they've got an extra week in between to wait until they can, can rectify it and, uh, and hopefully make up for... Some uh, some unfortunate errors and decisions. Yeah. After the game, uh, Valerian Ishmael was talking to the press. He said that uh, that was a good reaction after losing two games, coming to Coventry, who he identified as being a really difficult away game. He also thought that the second goal that they conceded completely on their own, which, I mean, I think everyone agrees with that. But uh, he, he thought that they came back and they showed great mentality uh, and that the attitude of his players was was really good to come back after that. Um so, you know, his thoughts are pretty clear there. He he felt as though his team showed the right attitude to uh, continue to press forward 
after these mishaps, but he didn't really discuss much about his thoughts on the mishaps themselves. Yeah, I know he's quite vocal about the referee too, wasn't he? He talked about that a fair bit and his disappointment there. Yeah, but I think it depends. It re- you know, this is always going to be the question: is you know how much how much is is the owner bought into the the project at hand, and and do you feel like you've got that room for for growth and for for error along the way? Because you know, from my perspective, I think again, it's another positive performance. I thought defense the issues we we kind of identified a little bit before they really came. They really came home to roost in the worst possible way. You know, we've you can talk about individual errors. You might get one or two a game generally. But this was just one where both centre backs were, were making a few, and you really, really get punished for it. Uh, but performance again, you know, offensive output was decent. We we did dominate in that area. We, you know, we had we had good level of threat, and we we kind of just again we were getting better at capitalising on, on it. Obviously, three goals for the first time since QPR we scored. We've we've scored um, in in the league, so that was important and. It, they came around not freely, but they weren't, you know, they weren't a struggle forced in over the line with no ideas. They were they were well carved out goals and opportunities that we took well as well. So, you know, it, it was good in that sense. And it's tough when you overcome one problem kind of unearth or really bring to the front another issue and it, it, it kind of levels things out to the dramatic degree it did. But you know, if I'm looking back over the course of these opening few games and, and trying to establish a, a level of performance and and projecting over the course of the season, then I'd still be feeling quite positive about what we've seen um, at, at this point. So I'm hoping they can they can kind of at least kind of give that feeling to the players that you know don't get disheartened because there are, there have been issues, there have been mistakes. That's part of this this process and where we're at right now. And you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that the ownership is on the same on the same page and that, that they feel they've got some opportunity to to develop. Yeah, and there's lots of positives to take out of this game, despite the the overwhelming negativity of not being able to get the three points. Um, I mean, you know, a big one is that our new man, our new striker, and so often you can see strikers take a long time to bed in and and sometimes they just don't click um, for, for, for one reason or the other. But Rajevic already off the mark, scoring two goals in the positions that we needed him to be in. We saw some good early signs in the previous fixture as well. Uh, I mean, this is uh, this is really good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's again, as you said, there's positives. So we, we, you know, we can, we have to look at them, the the positives and negatives objectively. And I think you can do so and still come out feeling pretty positive. So I get the get the people that have watched that game and are frustrated and and disappointed. But um, I'm also with the people that have uh, a slightly more kind of optimistic view of, of things. And you know, Ravic is one one piece of that. Um, you know, he was it was a it was a good performance from him. And I'm, I'm glad to see that. Yeah, for sure. So most important thing is we can come out after the international break into what is quite a tough run of fixtures and and hopefully just kind of make that slight slight step up because obviously you know we we don't want to be sat in in 18th for for too too long no and and after the game ishmael said that's why you pay for a striker to score goals and that's what they had to do and um thankfully it started to pay off hopefully he could continue that um as we come up to Birmingham but first of all uh, it's a fallow week we uh, have an international period um, any players that you're interested in uh, following for, from a Watford perspective on the international stage Jordan you know what I just I just hate this international break I really despise this international break yeah. so much I just I'm just going to tune out of the international football I just can't this is this the most this is the Wes who own goal of international breaks for me it just takes a little bit takes a little bit out of the little bit of air out of the lungs and just 
just when you're getting into the, the, the kind of rhythm of a season, you know, it's, it's disappointing. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break from football over the weekend. NFL's back. I'm going to look at that for a week and then I'll come back to uh, come back to Watford the, the, the following weekend. And then we can really start the rest of the season properly. That's kind of how I feel, not to put a downer on the international <laughs> break. But are you be watching a lot of international football, Matt? To be fair, I, I don't tune into a lot of international football, but um, I do like to keep an eye on the Watford boys when they're out. Um, if yeah, you're interested. Um, yeah, go on. Who's playing? Well, there has been um, a recall for Daniel Backman, who's back in the Austria side. Um, they're playing Moldova. Ken Semmer, who I mentioned earlier, is, is back with the Swedish team. Uh, and actually, I think they're playing. Um, they're going to be playing Austria, so they're going to be facing off each other. That'll be an interesting one. If you, uh, mm-hmm. if you, if you can bring yourself to watch Austria, Sweden, that could be quite nice. Um, our new man, Georgi Chakvetatse, is um, continuing his uh, international uh, game time for Georgia. Um, why did I say it like that? Georgia. Um, That's an accent. Uh, <laughs> there's no accent required for that one. Uh, Portis will be in action for Scotland as they face uh, Cyprus and also England as well. That might be an interesting one in the uh, exhibition game at Hampton Park, that one. Uh, Kiembe will continue for the Democratic Republic of Congo in, as they look to uh, confirm their spot in the Africa Cup of Nations. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, fullback Ryan Andrews has been named in the England under-20 squad, which is quite uh, nice. Oh, and also... Jonathan McCauley will join up with the Sweden under-19 squad, who is uh, one of the young goalkeepers at, at Watford. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, of those fixtures there, the, the Sweden-Austria one looks quite interesting. And um, I always like watching England-Scotland, you know. So, yeah. Plenty of people to watch. There's still stuff to keep you going. Still stuff to keep you going. But, yes, I would, I'd also like to uh, put a little shout-out to, uh, to non-league as well, which carries on during this period. So if you can get down to a non-league game... Um, you know, as you haven't got anything else to do, I recommend it. I'll be at Barnet watching them play Ultrium. Um, I mean, I will be commentating, but I I will also be watching it as well. So um, I recommend that uh, if you can get to uh, a, a non-league game, do so because it's a good opportunity. Maybe you'll be um, able to watch some local football uh, as well. You know, some some soccer, not just the uh, the American football tournament. <laughs> yeah maybe a touch but um who's your local team yeah who's the, who's the local team uh well the local team's not play. season's done right now because the, the 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 seasons for football hit for soccer here is a little different for like local football oh, just because okay. just because of winter time you, you know you're pretty i should have known that if really. you're not playing indoor yeah yeah but uh, i mean look i'll be i'll be back to it and we can take a little break i'll have a little bit of time off and i'll be give me a little bit of a refresh and maybe Maybe an opportunity to have a look at some of the teams we're playing up in the in the future as well. See how they've been getting on over the the opening few weeks of the championship, and have a better idea about our kind of upcoming opponents. We can talk about them a little bit further on here in the future too. Indeed. Well, that first one will be Birmingham uh, at back at Vicarage Road, and they've had a great start. Actually, they're sitting in fourth. They've played five, and they have eleven points on the board. Surprising a few people at the minute, to be honest. Where to be where they are? Have, have you have you had a look at Birmingham much this season? Yeah, I mean the windows has been a big thing for them, isn't it? Um, they, you know, been able to change the squad around quite significantly, and you know, in in the space of twelve months, they're, they're kind of fortunate to turn around massively. So t- tough test for us, and I'd be interested to see how how we kind of go about this one. I'm going to watch some more of their games. I'm probably going to try and watch some of their their football over the the course of the weekend as well, perhaps, and, and kind of get a feel for what what's really changed in in terms of just not just personnel, but you know, what else we're kind of looking at in regards to the a much better looking Birmingham side than we, we saw last year. 
this is also the point where we start to integrate a few Tuesday and Wednesday nights into the season as well. Mm. And uh, coming quite quickly off the, uh, the Birmingham game, Watford will be at home once again with West Bromwich Albion, the visitors. Yeah, yeah this is when it starts to get starts to get real now the season, isn't it? Yeah. Tuesday games and so on. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the intensity of the football coming up over the, the next few months. It's kind of my favourite... You know, pre-Christmas is kind of my favourite part of the season in some ways. Teams are still trying to figure other other teams out. Um, they're kind of finding their groove, and it, it you know it leaves us with some open games, especially in the championship. So, you know, home games is is great and so on. But there's going to be a lot of unknowns that we get to find out over the next couple of weeks. Not just about other teams, but about us as well. Yeah, I mean, I for one hope that Livermore uh, gets some action against West Brom just to see if uh, <laughs> you know the old man coming back can capitalise. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fingers crossed. Right. Okay, then. Uh, I think that'll just about do us. Uh, apologies for the um, late release of this one, but um, as it's, um, you know, no football this weekend anyway, we've still got a big old chunk to enjoy it, hopefully. Um, Tom will hopefully be back soon. Um, but until then, it'll be myself and Jordan and uh, maybe a surprise guest or two if we can if we can sort something out. But uh, yeah, we've, we've been enjoying talking about this one. It, it, it's always interesting talking about these sorts of games, Jordan, where there's sort of quite a bit of a varied discussion to have with regards to positives and negatives. And, and uh, yeah, I guess, are we much closer to knowing how we're, how we're shaping up this season or is it still too early? I think there's so many variables to, to come into it. You know, I think, I think the, the general tra- trajectory we're on, I think is still positive, but you know, we have to factor in injuries, performance of teams around us and so on, and even just the kind of the the random nature of the owner and what kind of curveballs that can throw at you as well. So lots to find out. I mean, I'm I'm I am still feeling quite positive, but there is always that kind of creeping dread in the background too, which maybe every football fan feels about their club, but I think ours are somewhat justified as well. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling good, but I'm I'm kind of having to take it a little bit game by game to see because it, it does feel like it changes so quickly. But um, yeah, no, I'm feeling I'm feeling positive. You said something in the last pod, which is really starting to ring true, Jordan. Which is you said something uh, along the lines of this is going to be a, a side that is going to need several transfer windows to really turn into the team that Ishmael is hoping it becomes. And um, I, I think I very much agree with that. And it, it's just whether Ishmael gets the time to do that, because of course we know that. You know, managers at, at even this point, actually in the season, have been fired because they haven't been in the position that perhaps Pozzo thinks that they should be. But um, sitting, I mean, I, I would say maybe we should be maybe five or six players is higher, but certainly no more than mid table at this stage, just based on the the football that I've seen so far. And I, I think we have um, had a, a bit of a few unlucky turns as well, but. Um, yeah, it it feels like there's something being built here, and it it's I'm very hopeful that that gets the chance to see its way to well a combination of of, of becoming something rather than being stopped in its tracks. Yeah, I think you know you have to if you're really serious about the 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 plan, then you have to you have to allow it time and a little bit of room to breathe, and it doesn't doesn't have to be a smell for you know all of this, but even just to kind of create a, a level of consistency and in, in approach you have to give it some time still otherwise you you kind of are kicking the can down the road again and 
and so on. I mean, I don't feel like anywhere near the the, the frustration or concern I've had in regards to overall performance that we've we've had in recent years in in better league positions. So, you know, I, I think if if you're being objective as the as the owner, you can see you know, where things are trending and and hope that um, hope that we can we can continue to improve and and hopefully start to kind of climb up the table and. Uh, and find ourselves in a little bit more of a fortunate position rather than where we are kind of wedged between QPR and, and Cardiff right now. I don't think many um I don't think many Watford fans would have expected us to be after five games after the first game of the season expect us to be behind QPR after five. But mm. um you know that's that it doesn't tell the whole story, does it? So yeah, I think it's 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 gonna be an interesting time and you know what is normally a, a little bit of a um, a little bit of a troubling time for Watford coaches around the international breaks. Yes, Mr. Pozzo does love a international break sacking, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'd, I'd be extremely um, disappointed if if we did go down that route. I think it would be um, quite a big mistake at this stage. Hmm. There's sometimes a mood in the air, though, before it happens, and I don't feel like that's there at the moment. I think a lot of Watford fans are prepare to be patient with this side and and that they've seen enough so far to give them the 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 hope and the also the 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 positivity seems to have returned quite a bit since from from last season we've said that a few times and um you know the last game that's just gone is is a perfect example of how we're not there yet but the moments of quality that we are seeing are enough i think at at, at this moment to keep us engaged and enjoying the football that we're seeing. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so for sure. All right then. Um, thanks very much, guys. We'll be back again uh, in a week's time or so, uh, talking about the Birmingham one. Uh, but until then, enjoy your international break. Uh, I look forward to seeing you all after the Birmingham game. Hopefully, you guys get to see some some familiar faces, and we can have something positive to talk about and find ourselves a little bit higher up the table than we currently sit. Good stuff. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.